Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Hope you had a happy Memorial Day weekend. We're coming to you with a Dear Andy, Dear Ari episode, and we have shamelessly sourced some questions from our five-star reviewers. We we asked you last week to drop a question in a five-star review, and that would automatically get you moved to the front of the line on the Dear Andy, Dear Ari shows. And two of you actually listened. And one of the questions is great, and one of them... Uh, well, I also think it's great. I don't know how you'll feel about it, Ari. But we, we move them to the front of the line. We do have some other questions, including one that will help us preview SEC spring meetings, which begin in Destin on Tuesday. If you are listening to my voice on Tuesday morning, I am flying down I-10 heading to Destin to make sure I get there in time to listen to all the coaches talk. And Ari, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher are going to be in the same room. Have you uh, have you been more excited for a road trip in a while? Like, I mean, it seems to me that I'd do just about anything to switch places with you. Oh, this is this is going to be spectacular! And you got the the Busy Bee gas station in Live Oak. This is kind of like a you know poor man's Bucky's. Now there are Bucky's in Florida, but there's not a, there's not one on my route. But this place is is massive. They have a beef jerky counter. They have a Dunkin' Donuts inside it, so I can get my coffee. I can get my beef jerky on the way and and I'm leaving at like four in the morning. So I'm gonna be rolling into the the Bucky or the uh the busy bee in Live Oak at like I've never seen this gas station before. I'm looking at it now. It looks great. It's very nice. Very nice. Got a BK in there. Just completely ripped the 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 whole Bucky's thing. But it's great. And so I'm gonna be munching on beef jerky and drinking coffee and highly caffeinated listening to to all my favorite podcasts. Probably listening to Stars Matter on on the way that I've saved from last Thursday. So it's going to be amazing. And then I'm going to get to see, I know Eli Drinkwitz is talking. I'm sure he's going to have some stuff to say about, well, we'll see. Will will Greg Sankey be standing there just glaring at people to make sure they don't poke the bear? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think uh, we can all hope that people just let it rip, you know? I, that's, that's all we can hope for. And some of you did let it rip. And again, I stole this idea from Mike Golick Jr., who was on the show last week, shamelessly, I might add. And it's pretty shameless on his part, let's be honest. But if you put a five-star review with a question in it, we will ask your question to Ari and to myself on the show. You, you go to the front of the line. And so that's, that's all you got to do. It doesn't matter how dumb the question is. We will answer it. I probably stepped in that, Ari. That's probably bad. Yeah. Well, we'll I think, yeah, I think we're going to get some good stuff here. Now, I've got a few things I'd like to say. One's a comment and, and one's a question before we get to the other questions. Okay. Because I'm jumping the line. One, the Busy Bee gas station, which I'm looking at right now uh, yes. in Live Oak, Florida, yep. has a Burger King in it. And, it does. Um, I personally believe that Burger King is the best breakfast in fast food. Mm-hmm. But that's not the question I'm going to ask. I'm going to okay. qu- Have you ever had the original chicken sandwich there, the long one? Yes. Yes. Is that worth 662 calories? It's been so long. No, not not with so many better options available now with your Chick-fil-A's and your Popeye's chicken sandwiches and all that. I think Uh, that the original chicken sandwich is very underrated. But I had a phase in middle school where that was my that was my go to at Burger King. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like the gourmet fast food chicken sandwich has been like the thing of the last five years. And I think Chick-fil-A started that like other restaurants trying to uh, copy and make like the, the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Everybody wants to have the best fried chicken sandwich because of Chick-fil-A, but like Burger King stayed true to its roots. And I know they have that like chicken sandwich that I would never eat, uh, <laughs> but they do have the uh, really, really good chicken sandwich. See, and I just think why, it kinda... this is why greasy 52 gave us a two star review because we go off topic too much. He said, now here's the thing. Greasy 52. 
Yeah, I would think you not, would like Greasy Fifty Two. You would think would like this discussion. Yeah, well, he didn't ask a question, so he doesn't get any answers. But E. Cabron did ask a question in a five star review, and guess what, Greasy? It's off topic. Yes, really but I wanted to. Topic. Can I make my comment real quick too? Please, by all means. I was so because this is the Andy Staple Show edition of Ari just landed from Las Vegas. Because oh, okay. uh, I was there for one night, but I was playing a slot machine in the terminal because I am a person who gambles in the airport. <laughs> and uh, somebody came up to me named Wes, who listens to the show, shook my hand and said, thank you so much for doing the Andy Staples show. The show makes my week better. I appreciate what you guys do. Oh. And I just wanted to give a personal shout out to Wes, because well, if you see you, me in Wes. public uh, and you and you say that um, and he. You know, I, I think that it's something that we should like give back, you know, just say, hey, thank you for doing it. I really appreciate oh. it. It made my day. And, you know, we make all the jokes about how I'm a generate, the degenerate, but he like saw me, you know, well, hitting the, the dollar. Well, slots that's the there, thing. So if he had a question about whether it is you or not, the <laughs> fact that you were playing a slot machine in the airport answered the question for him. Uh, yes. So, OK, that, that uh, made it easy. It's, and I want a quick uh, 150 bucks on the way out of there. Right? there put a little extra pep in your step. Nothing but winners for Ari. But yes, thank you, Wes. And by the way. If, if you're like Wes and you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend and, and you know, give the gift and tell them to leave a five-star review and ask us a, a, a college football question or any question, really, because Ari offers great life advice, too, or terrible life Impeccable advice. Impeccable life advice. All right. We're going to start with EK, Ron. Five-star review. This is a good question. This is, I say it's on topic. It's very on brand for our show. E. Greasy is going to think it's off topic, but... Dear Andy and Ari, love the show. When traveling to a city you've been previously, do you opt to eat at a place you know and love or one that you've never been to but heard good things? My wife is from Ann Arbor, so every time we go there, we eat at Zingerman's. No complaints about that, but there are other spots I want to try and want your opinion on how to prioritize the restaurant selection. This is this is a great question. and I a, struggle with this in real yeah, life. Yeah, this is a great dilemma because... Like I remember when I was when I was doing the column at SI, the the punt pass and port column, where I, I basically reviewed a new restaurant every week. So I'd go to a town, and there'd be places that I'd loved that I'd want to go back to that I couldn't because I had to go somewhere new so that I could write about it. And that drove me nuts. And now I find myself when I'm not writing a restaurant review a week, that I do tend to go back to the places I really like. But I I don't think you should give up on the idea of trying new places. Like Zingerman's fantastic. If you've not been to Zingerman's Deli in Ann Arbor, it's awesome. Now, it's it's pricey, but worth it. Like in the summer when they have the jalapeno peaches to go with your your fresher size corned beef and pastrami, like it's awesome. But don't limit yourself to just that one spot because, you know, I would say like in, in the sandwich category in Ann Arbor, the Maize and Blue Deli is very good. Now, it is much more down market than Zingerman's, but it's good. And then you've got other fun places. Uh, Beer Camp, which is by Michigan Stadium, is kind of a butcher shop deli. They make jerky there. They smoke meat there. It's, you know, everything, the menu changes constantly. But I love that place. But how uh, do you approach it? Well, I try to look to see, is there something new that everybody seems to love that I have not tried yet. That's because if there's not, then I'm probably going back to a favorite. But I particularly is, struggle with this with pizza places. Well, obviously with your Domino's. No, take, I really but. do like to, to try good pizza places. Um, and it's like the perfect example of that is like Phoenix, I think is one of the better pizza cities in the country oh, because yeah, there's so there's, there's and like every options, time we yeah. go back, I just go back to Spinato's because I know I love it, the, you know, the but then I struggle. Phoenix is, there's always something new. Like that that place is is turn like I remember there was a there was a place that opened up that did uh that did Santa Maria style barbecue, which is actually cooked over direct heat, so I'm not sure it's actually barbecue, but it's the ones that it's really cool. It's it, they have the the grill that goes up and down over the flame, and you do like uh tri-tip, and it's like it's delicious. Tri-tip with chimichurri, like it's awesome. And I went and it was great. And I gave him a year later, and it was gone. So I feel oh, like boy. with places like that, you got to try them. And if you do like them, spread the word because it's it's hard in the restaurant business, especially now. I just if you know you love something and it's a novelty, and then you burn that place to go try something new, and that new place sucks. Oh, it's such a defeated bad. feeling. Now, well, the one thing I'll say with the Michigan question though is that Zingerman's is very good, 
but I think that you can get a very good corned beef sandwich in every city in America. You have to find right. it, but like corn beef, a good corned beef sandwich, I think is something that's not elusive. If you like put the effort in to find a good deli. So I would always, the way I would approach it, if I were answering the question is if you're going to a city that has a delicacy that you love, that you literally can't get anywhere else, yes. then I think it's okay to double up. But if the thing that you like is something that can be duplicated in other cities, then open up your horizons and try something new. So that's a, that's a great, that is a great piece of advice right there because you're absolutely right. It, like there's a place in New York that I go to every time I'm there pretty much. It's uh, Jan Famous Foods, which they have like 15 locations now. They started in a, like a little mall in Queens and now they're all over the place. They're, they're in every neighborhood, you know, every section of Manhattan has one nearby, but they do these cumin lamb hand ripped noodles. And you have to eat them within 10 minutes of getting them or they, they fall apart on you. They are amazing. And I don't, I, I don't know of anybody else who has those. I don't know where, anywhere else to get those in any other towns. Yeah, it's funny that, you're, that we were talking about this because in Vegas last uh, Saturday night, last night when we were recording this, um, we went to a pizza place and it would have been one of the best pizza slices I've ever had in my entire life. And I had never been there before. And it's called Good Pie. It's in, on mm -hmm. Fremont Street in Vegas. And it was a grandma slice. And it was legitimately one of the best pieces of pizza I've ever had in my entire life. And there's another place in Vegas called New York Pizza and Pasta that's really, really, really good there. And I wanted to go there. But everybody just said, trust me, this is going to be just as good, if not better. And like, I'm happy I tried something new. Because that's like a return place, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. And that's so it, it's a you constant gotta, struggle. It's a tug of war. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and there, there's... You've got to remember that there are, are new places and also places that are good t can fall off. Like Dreamland Barbecue is the, the prime example of this. Dreamland Barbecue was kind of the gold standard of barbecue of ribs for a long time. The originals in Tuscaloosa on Jug Factory Road. And it, they just they used to just serve ribs and, and white bread. And it was some of the best ribs in America. And then they expanded and I think they got bought out and, and then we're under new ownership. That's usually what the happens when it gets bought yeah. out. And and it's just not as good. And it, it doesn't it, like Archibald's, which was kind of, they were kind of neck and neck. Now Archibald's is the much better place to go to get ribs in Tuscaloosa. But it's weird because the dreamland name still persists and people still think, Oh, you gotta, gotta go to dreamland. Well, yeah, you had to go to dreamland 20 years ago, but you don't really have to go today. So yeah, th that's the other piece of it is, Sometimes these places fall off. A lot of times it's just good to ask a local. Like a lot of times I will throw it out there on Twitter. Hey, I got to cover this. I'm going here. What are some new places you guys love where, who live there that I don't know about yet? Yeah, I uh, do sometimes struggle with uh, recommendations because I'll say that like 80% of the time I get recommendations from people. It's like terrible. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, you know, people on Twitter usually are a pretty good, you know, spot. But I think that you always got to do the eye check and see if, because now in the world of Instagram, you can go look at what the food looks like. Oh yeah, and you can tell. Like a few weeks ago, uh, somebody gave me a tip in in Dallas for a a really good pizza place when I was here alone, and I did an Uber Eats thing because that's like your number one thing when it comes to no Domino's. Uber Eats delivers anything. Go get something. Yeah. And I did it, and the pizza showed up, and it was the most disgusting piece of pizza oh, no. I've ever seen. And I'll send you a picture of it. I put I posted it on Twitter um, a few weeks ago when we were arguing about Domino's, and I just like wanted. I texted the guy and I said, "I'll, I'll be honest with you. This was the worst recommendation I've ever gotten from anybody in my entire life." Well, and, and barbecues like that too, because there's some people who love some terrible barbecue, and they're like, "But but did my daddy and I went here all the time." Yeah, your dad's favorite barbecue sucks. I'm sorry to be the yeah. bearer of bad news, but yeah, and sometimes it, you don't want to risk it. It's just like it's like laying up in golf. Like you know, you don't want to you know, go for it too much because if you miss, you could mess up your entire score. You just need to put it on the fairway. And it's like, sometimes the dominoes is just putting it on the fairway. I, I, I had some Domino's cheesy bread this weekend. What, I, I so yeah, I saw that. So what did you think? It was great. It was great. I did the, the jalapeno bacon one and it was fantastic. And now would I order that instead of something special or going to, you know, a, a special pizza place? No, but that's what the kids wanted. And I might have had six beers on the beach. We were staying with some friends at Daytona Beach. I might have had six beers on the beach a few hours earlier. And you're looking me in the eyes right we now and telling me it anywhere. just did not hit. It was delicious. That, it it, it like hit the way you... Yeah. Special. It was good. Oh, it's special. 
<laughs> All right. So I hope Andy, this is the pizza that showed up when I paid forty dollars on Uber Eats. Oh my lord! That's a that's like a microwave pizza. Like, that's what DiGiorno showed up. DiGiorno is better 40, than that. I paid forty dollars to get this delivered on Uber Eats. DiGiorno is better than that. Wow, that is terrible. Yeah, if you're if you own a restaurant and you ship that out, like you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, and like somebody suggested it too, which really like I thought he was messing with me. Like I said yeah. it to Bill Landis. He goes, "Are you being pranked?" <laughs> but see, sometimes now I would say. You, you need to see multiples of, of that. So like when Saw's Barbecue opened in, in Homewood, Alabama, and it was a suburb of Birmingham, people sent me that, I'd say once every two or three days, somebody different would say, dude, you got to try this next time you're in Birmingham. And eventually I, I, enough people sent it and I was like, okay, I better try it. And this was pre-Instagram. But, and of course it was awesome. So if, if, People over and over keep telling you something's great. That's one thing. But yeah, yeah. the the one offs you got to be careful about. You got to you got to check the Instagram. You got to check you got to check Yelp. See what people are saying because Yelp reviews you got to be careful with too. Because some again, some people's taste buds just don't work. So they'll they'll say they love a place that sucks, and they'll say they hate a place that's great because they're just not good at tasting food. Yeah, um, I want to push back on greaser a little bit greasy 52 or whatever i don't think talking about food is off topic on this podcast by the way i don't think so either there's a hot dog on the helmet logo we'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors this is uh vomo vomeca you and i fight says so we i think we got a northern iowa fan on our fans but this is not a northern iowa question this nor is this well this might be an fcs school i don't know Love the pod, and every, every episode is a must-listen. Who do you think will start for Adams College this year? The Adams Adams, I think we know who's the starting quarterback for the Adams Adams. That's Stan Gable. You know, listen, he's he's the president of a, frater- of a fraternity. He's the president of the Alpha Betas. So I know that takes up a lot of his time. But as long as he doesn't get into some sort of intra-fraternity or inter-fraternity squabble that would cause him to deviate from focusing on football i think it'll be fine so as long as there aren't any new fraternities on the campus at adams college like i don't know let's say that a lambda 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 chapter opened up as long as there's none of that i think stan's gonna have a huge year and and look out because on the other side of the ball the d tackle fred polowatsky the ogre he is an absolute beast and probably the best burper on the Adams College campus. And potential like first-round draft pick. Yeah. Unless there's somebody else who can out-burp him. I, I don't know. Maybe there is. I bet you Rob Gronkowski could. I I bet you... Uh, I think... I've heard that Adams was recruiting a five-star burper named Dudley Dawson. Goes by the nickname Booger. But I don't know. <laughs> It's so funny because, like, I would like to know because that movie was filmed on U of A's campus. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I did. Yeah, uh, and a few of my friends lived in the dorm that they lived in. Uh, it's Cochise <laughs> Hall, and it was, like, funny to watch the movie. And I like to think to myself, like, who had more fun, um, the nerds uh, or Rob Gronkowski so on U of A's University campus? University of Arizona is, is Adams College. The yeah. University of Oregon is Faber College. USC's been in a bunch of, of movies. So is UCLA. Like the Pac-12 is the, they're not the conference of champions. They're the conference of movies. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why they picked Arizona, but it, uh, it was uh, cheap it, and available. It was, what do you it think was they cheap did? and available. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame is Rudy. Did you know that? Or is that St. Mary's college? Well, it's both. They filmed in locations at both. So yeah, yeah. I, and I will say, Seeing Notre Dame for the first time, that was probably, so Rudy came out when I was in high school. I want to say I was a sophomore or junior in high school. And so I saw Notre Dame for the first time in 2001. So that would have been five years after I graduated from high school. So fairly, not, not far off from seeing the movie for the first time. It was spectacular to be able to see those locations in real life. It is a, that is a beautiful campus. Like if you get a chance to go, like even if you're not going to a football game at Notre Dame, if you're just driving through South Bend, Go look at the campus. Go, the campus go walk is, and I don't know if it's because of the movie, Rudy, 
but the campus itself seems like the mecca of college football. It's, like, I don't know. There's just something about it where it's just like, it always seems like it's fall there. <laughs> um, I, think, the, I think that's just the weather in, in, in that part of Indiana. <laughs> yeah. It's always fall there. Uh, the leaves are changing. The buildings are beautiful. Um, it just seems like you almost can hear the Rudy soundtrack in your head. Like when you're walking around there, Yeah. like I will say that, you know, I've been to a lot of campuses uh, through my job, but I think the universe, like Notre Dame's, of all the universities that I've I've been to, is the most college football ish. Yeah, I don't know if I'm even explaining that the right way. Yeah, the, but one, it does. the ones that that just sort of take your breath away in terms of how they look: Notre Dame because of all the iconic stuff, Pepperdine because of the view, and Virginia. Like Virginia is a breathtakingly beautiful campus. Yeah. I'm trying to think of beautiful campuses. And I, oh, I called it campus. It, sorry. The grounds at Virginia are yeah, the grounds. beautiful. Um, I've never been to Virginia. I've been to the it's, state. I don't know that I've ever been to Charlottesville. It is a gorgeous campus. So uh, that that's one. If, Annapolis, another too. One, I have not been there. That's that's another place. So I want to. I have not been to West Point or, or Annapolis. I want to go to both of those. Annapolis wanna, is a really cool town. Yeah. I want to go to a game at... at at Navy, and I also want to get, go to a game at Mikey Stadium at Army. Like I, yeah. I feel like those are those are bucket list ones that I need to check off. So, yeah, I'm trying to think of other campuses that just will blow you away. Now, the the town, I always say Athens, Georgia. I mean, is the I best think Michigan's beautiful too. I do too. I I love Ann Arbor. It just yeah. is it kind of quintessential college town. Athens, Georgia is the best college town in America. Like if you get one of those hotels, it's right by the campus. They, they, there's a few. Uh, there's a brand new Spring Hill Suites. There was a, a, there's been a Hilton Garden in there, or not a, a Holiday Inn there forever. If you get the one right there, and you can walk to all the the downtown across the street, and then walk around that campus, that's <laughs> you're living right. So those are if you just want to make a short list of the campuses you need to see, whether it's whether or not it's for a football game, that's that's the way to do it. And honestly. Most of those places, if you're going for a football game, you're you're forking over 700 bucks for a hotel room in town. Mm -hmm. So it might be better if you're just there on a Monday and and want to see the place and you know get get the 99 dollar a night hotel that that night that Monday yeah, night. I don't know how it is in Athens, but like at U of A, that Marriott that you stayed in where you mm -hmm. walked across campus. Like the rate in that place is three hundred and fifty bucks every night all year. Yeah, there's a lot, and there's a lot of college campuses that are like that because there's always something going on. Like the hotels in College Station are always somewhat expensive because yeah. there's just something going on, and there's not as not that many of them. So, it yeah, it is, it is not always cheap. But that that Marriott in Tucson, I I, I remember I told Rich Rodriguez who was coaching there at the time because I'd walked across the campus from the Marriott to the football building. And I, I was I had to meet with him to interview him. And I said, if you just take a recruit on that walk on a day in January, you better get a commitment from that guy. Like yeah. there's no question. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a walk. Um I'm trying to think of other beautiful places, but you know, maybe some are escaping me right now. Well, Adam I I'm just Adams College in Tucson. I mean, Tucson's beautiful. It is. It is, and you go up in the hills and watch the sunset. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. And Tucson, the city's not beautiful, but it's it, there's a lot of beautiful places within yeah. Tucson. Also, there's some apparently there's like some some like spa and resort there that I had just heard of a few weeks ago, where it's like two grand a night, um, and you go there and it's like they have like five or ten activities that you can pick from, and it's like supposed to cleanse your soul. Ooh. Well, it's like it all sounds these, a lot like, better than the Aaron Rodgers cleanse we we talked about in that one show. Yes, yes. Which one of us is probably going to do one day? Uh, but <laughs> I, I uh, your diarrhea. <laughs> I'll try to come up with the name of that place, and they can pay us to advertise it. But like, it's <laughs> a, it's a, it's like you do like certain types of yoga, and there's like they ring gongs in your head, and there's like spiritual healing and all this stuff. I, I don't know. Uh, that sounds a I lot like a few work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, if I'm into all that stuff, but a few people I know have gone there and they said it was just an awesome trip. So shout out to Tucson. So let's go to Justin's question. This is one that, that was asked in my mailbag, and it is it's a good one as we go into the SEC spring meetings in Destin, because this is this was going to be a fairly interesting meeting anyway, because they're talking about the schedule format. 
we think they're going to go with the three permanent opponents and six rotating with nine conference games. We're not positive they're going to do that, but we think they are. But now you have the the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban stuff tossed on top of it. And I realize that Greg Sankey has issued a gag order, essentially, on talking about all that stuff. But I, I find it very hard to believe that all those coaches will manage to avoid it because we're going to be asking about it. And they can try to shoot us down, but somebody somebody's going to say something. But Justin asked this question in my mailbag already, but it is, it is your concept that, that he is playing off of here. So I need to ask this of you. Jimbo seems more fired up about Saban's comments. Is Nick playing a Jedi mind trick on Jimbo to get into his head? And if Sankey goes Dean Wormer with double secret probation for Jimbo and Nick, which SEC coach is the first to scream food fight at SEC media days for more craziness? Now, he, he asked about media days. We don't need to wait for media days. They're all in the same room for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday. So if somebody wants to scream food fight, it can't happen. I mean, isn't, isn't um, Lane Kiffin already kind of doing that? Yes, because like he's he already said, done it like on Twitter. He, he has needled Jimbo pretty much since all this stuff started. Since the sliced bread stuff started. By the way, we owe sliced bread like a gift basket for providing all this content for us. But yeah, Lane has been poking that particular bear over and over and over again. And I think he would be one. Eli Drinkwitz always has jokes. But he's so new that I'm not sure I'm not sure he'd be willing to jump in there and say, you know, start firing him off at, at Jimbo and Nick, because these are two guys. They both got national championships, obviously, Nick quite a few more. And they're kind of you know deans of, of coaching in the league. Brian Kelly, I don't think, gives a crap what anybody thinks. So perhaps he's the one. Yeah, which is hilarious because. Like you always say that Lane Kiffin is more eccentric on uh, social media, but isn't like that in person. And I've interviewed him before and he seemed fine, but nothing controversial. It's like, I think that he might be a keyboard warrior. So I don't know if he would yell food fight. But you might be right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it as an insult because everybody thinks it's funny. And I think what he does is good for the game, but it's not like he's like saying all those things that he's saying, like in open press conferences, he did have an interview with Ross Dellinger, which I thought was um, a really good interview and he was pretty frank about some stuff, but, um, so maybe that's a, a little harsh, but, um, and Brian Kelly would probably just be like, is this over soon? Yeah. I've got a program to run. Um, yeah. yeah he's the one that would be like, guys, hug, shake hands, kiss and make up. Let's go. Yeah. Mike Leach would be like asking where the cookies are. Um, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like which person would, would want, would want to start would want the show. chaos. Yeah. Like in, in like he, cause the person who yells food fight is also always the first person to throw something. What about Kirby? Again, Kirby's not said anything through any of this. Why would you, if you were him, why would you say anything? you wouldn't? It's very smart not to, you, but you already have a national championship ring from last year. You're recruiting gangbusters. Um, Alabama just accepted a commitment from somebody else and it might have brought you a close a step closer to Arch Manning. And it's just like life's good. Like when when you're living the dream, like there's no reason to involve yourself in this. It's well, the there, uh there's not, the, but they hover like Georgia hovers over all of this. Now wouldn't it be hilarious if Clark Lee was just like everybody's being immature and like did the <laughs> Vanderbilt thing? Um <laughs> I'm trying oh, to think. Brian man. Harson is like, just I don't want to get fired. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything. Brian, Mike Brian is Harson off. is like, boys, keep talking. <laughs> the longer you talk, the less anybody bothers me, and that's that's what I need. But yeah, it is it is very interesting. The other question regarding the SEC. This is from Peter, and this is this is your concept here. Could you flesh out your Texas A&M as a high school student in the cafeteria idea a bit more? If SEC schools were students in a cafeteria, who would sit with who and what is their dynamic like? So we're talking about, I guess we're talking about programs and not necessarily coaches. Because like, I can see Billy Napier sitting with Nick Saban. They used to work together. They seem to get along okay. Or sitting well, we with Kirby Smart. We have to use the coach, but like, I don't think we should use real life relationships to use it. I right. think we should use the embodiment of the program and who they've become yeah. and not that 
Nick well, Saban like, used to work with Billy Napier. I got one for Auburn. So Auburn is the kid whose parents are just nuts. And so like Auburn's just trying to get by, trying to do the best Auburn can in school, trying to get decent grades, trying to, you know, play, you know, be good at football practice after school, do some extracurriculars. But then they go home and dad's like shooting plates with a shotgun and mom is, is you know, hitting him with a lacrosse stick while he does it. Like that's. That's what Auburn's got to deal with. So, like, when I hear this question, Andy, and I don't know how familiar you are with Mean Girls. Um, oh, oh, yeah. All I think Stop about is Mean Girls. trying to make girls. fetch happen. Yes. And all I think about is Mean Girls, and I'm, like, looking at the programs, and, like, I think that Nick Saban in Alabama is absolutely Regina George, right? That, so um, the the yes. almighty, powerful program that's the most successful, the most popular, but can be sensitive when things aren't going her way, which happened literally last week, right? Yes. Um so let me think here. So Gretchen Wieners um, wants to be popular really, really bad. And um, but I don't know that it's an enemy. I still think that they wants to be his uh, wants to be Alabama's friend. So I think like LSU is Gretchen Wieners where there's you some like, want under- to be Alabama's friend. I don't think they want to be Alabama's friend. No, no. I, I think that that LSU is Gretchen Wieners in the sense of just like they want to be in the club, but they secretly resent the oh, or maybe not so secretly. But yeah, yeah, because like Texas A&M is unquestionably Lindsay Katie Heron, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. OK, homeschool so, like, and everything and everybody's pissed off because she's getting popular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so Lane Kiffin is Damien, the friend of Janice Ian, right? Who's yes. like kind of like uh, involved in the scamming a little bit, but like also is more funny about it and isn't really as harmless. Wait, does, does this make Greg Sankey Tim Meadows? Yes, Greg <laughs> Sankey is Tim Meadows. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, the weather girl Karen Smith is Mike Leach, who she's she's just like a cool uh, cool person, but also like telling the weather with body parts. You know what I mean? Like just kind so of doing her own thing. Who who's um, Amanda Seyfried? Who's Ke- who's Karen Smith? Um. She's the ditzy one. Yeah, that's the one. That's who I just okay, said. Okay, I that's I got Mike you. Leach. Okay. That's right. Okay, um, I got yes, you. Yes, Mike, because she's kind of like out there and she's not really part of the conflict at all and is kind of just on her own planet. Um, the one I want to know is like, who is Janice Ian, who is the person that wants to take her down Regina George the most? So like, that's the only thing. So that might be Florida. Right, just secretly working behind the scenes the to do everything they can to take down the, the king. Who's, of the conference. What, what, who's Georgia in all this? Is Georgia Amy Poehler? <laughs> yeah, Georgia. Um, I don't know. Uh, that's a good one. Who? Wait. Who's uh? Who's the mom? Not not yeah, Anna Gasteyer. Yeah, the the mom is um an older program that wants to be taken um right wants to be taken as cool. Yeah. Um. So which which program is the most uh, uh, program that used to be like the hot thing back in the day? But Tennessee is the mom. Ah, there you go. Of course, Tennessee is the mom. You know, back in the day, they were really cool. And all they want to do is be a part of the club still. And they want to make drinks for the, f- the family when they come over. And they're like, hey, I'm still cool. I'm in the club, right? And they're trying to become <laughs> cool again, right? That's, uh, that's Georgia perfect. might actually be Miss Nor- Norberry because yeah. they're the national champion and they are the teacher. And like everybody is kind of like off battling and they are involved in the discussion a little bit, but they are kind of running the show and off and, the and side. they wrote, and they wrote the movie and they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause am Tina I doing good? Write the movie. Am I doing good? Like I'm doing uh, my best. I, I think perfect. The, yes. I think I'm doing okay. And I don't know, uh, uh, which one is Aaron Samuels. That would be like, uh, Ooh, that's the guy who's trying, who's like the main, I guess Aaron Samuels is probably Arch Manning. That that is, and and you've got well, we don't know who Texas and Oklahoma are. We don't really have a, a an analog for them at this point. Yeah, um, I'm I'm looking at the cast of, I'm looking at the, but the, the he's cast definitely of, Arch Manning though. We've, he's yeah, absolutely yeah, we, yeah, Arch Aaron Manning. Aaron Samuels is Arch Manning. I think we got the main characters. I so. think we definitely did. Um, it is, it, and A and M. The, the the Lindsay Lohan comparison is good because AM is is sort of doing this the same way Alabama did this. But it pisses off Everybody. Regina George. Like yes. 
Because it isn't it basically I'm, Katie starts to become popular by acting like Regina George. That's right. Yeah. And Regina George gets mad about it and she rises up the the food chain of college popularity or high school popularity. And Regina probably thinks, well, what did Katie Heron do to be as right. popular as me? And you have the whole thing. And then now there's this whole atmosphere of mean girls. Uh, you so know, when does Alabama make the process. notebook? In Alabama, uh, well, yeah, you know, and then Alabama, I'm assuming, will graduate to taking uh, a role in one of the best uh, love stories of all time, which still hits me today. I watch that. I get I get a little, uh, I get misty on that one. A little yeah. I think a real man can admit when they cry. You Listen. What do you want? Rachel McAdams goes hard in every movie she's in. Yeah, I actually have a take that Ryan Gosling is the best actor of our generation. That is a that is a bold take. I, I'm trying He's to in think. a lot of very good movies that aren't necessarily blockbusters where acting is insanely good. Yes. And 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 his it's interesting because his looks could become distracting, but they're not. I like also Charlie, think he is like the Charlie's most handsome Theron man is, on the is, face of the earth. Right. Yeah. Charlize Theron is sort of the, the female version of this where she can play anything, and even though she is amazingly beautiful, it does not distract necessarily from the role but yeah and if you but if you go back and you think about ryan gosling's like roles in in the history of his career like i think everybody just automatically uh remembers him as uh the main character in the notebook and i think blue valentine's probably one that comes to mind but and of course crazy stupid love crazy stupid love yeah we're and, and the- but like have you seen have you seen like his like have you seen the movie half nelson or i have not Fracture? seen half nelson well, I just—I um, actually just watched uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which he doesn't get a lot to work with in that movie. They basically make him walk around and stare at things for a long time. But he does a great job. You know, he he creates this relationship and makes it very believable with something that doesn't exist, and it is—it's fantastic. So, have you ever seen? Have you ever seen the movie The Believer? I have not, and I don't know. I mean, it's just a incredible movie and i'm just going to read the the uh bio or what what's it called the, the snapshot the, the preview yeah. the what's the word i don't know um the, the a young log Jew- line yeah. yeah the log line a young jewish man develops a fiercely anti-semitic core philosophy oh, based yeah. on the factual story of a kkk member in the 1960s who was revealed to be jewish by a new york new york times reporter and that might be heavy for some people and it's a heavy movie but like if you go and watch it and the acting in that movie is like it's very, very moving, and that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, and, and he they was don't in, make movies like that anymore. Yeah, he was in Drive. He was in uh, Lars and the Real Girl. So yeah, he, he was yes. And what's very, the one where he was robbing banks on a motorcycle? Um, the Place Beyond the Pines. Have you seen that one? I have not seen that one, dude. You've got a lot of Ryan Gosling to catch up on because he all is right. an incredible actor, and you know, I think he's a, I think he is a better actor than he is a good-looking man. Well, I hope so because I just picked, looked up his IMDb page. 2023, there's a Barbie movie coming out, and he's playing Ken. That's hilarious. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy that you didn't say, like, um, um, like he was in Spider-Man or something, because I can't, I can't do the comic book thing. He would have made a great Spider-Man. He'd have been a fantastic Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, Though I enjoy, I enjoy the guy who's, who's playing Spider-Man now. Yeah. He, he's, out, he's very good. We'll be right back after these words. We're going to move on to Andy's question. This is interesting. This is one from your mailbag. And it's very interesting because when I read this, my first thought was he did not even include the thing I'm going to say first. And I wonder if you feel the same way. So here we go. Rank the reasons prospects decommit from a school. As an outside observer and fan, my mind would go something like, one, position coach change two, head coach change, three, NIL opportunity elsewhere, four, change in players committing or decommitting to the school or to a a different school. And Andy says, interested to see if people closer to the process think differently. My first thought when somebody decommits... My first thought was something different that he didn't put on his list too. Yeah, the coach cut him loose. They they, that, they they recruited over top of him, and, and there's no room in the class for him anymore. That's, that that's my first thought. There, the number one, you think that's number one? That's number one for me. That's I think what, number that is one my is, first assumption. 
I think number one is when a coach leaves, whether it be the head coach. I don't want to. That's not too separate. But I think the number two is when they get better offers. Well, that's you're talking about too. when they actually decommit. I, when when you see a player announce a decommitment on social media, yeah, at least fifty percent of the time, it's not that player's decision. So you think that's number one? Oh, I hundred percent do. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. That I mean, that's I think that's fair. But yes, um, it, when it's actually the player's decision, absolutely, coach moving. I think no, it, I think I think number one should just be change in circumstance uh, at the place. Like, which, like I don't know. Well, that would know. be numbers one through four, pretty much. Well, I mean, like, like coach leaves NCAA sanctions or something would probably be number one. But I right. think those are all different things. Um, and then a lot of times kids commit somewhere early and then they flip or decommit because they got better or bigger offers. I think that's also part of it. Um, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, it would be very interesting to take a log of it. Like, it'd be I don't know if it'd be even possible to keep track, but like the second the 2023 class is done signing to like turn the page and like get a notebook and every time somebody decommits try to figure out why they decommitted yeah. and then like make a pie chart of like here are the five reasons why they decommitted over the course of the past year and see which one is the most you know and it'd be kind of you know hard to be 100 accurate on it because sometimes reasons aren't always forthcoming but like you know i wonder the, the question too is and like i i don't know how much people want to have an nil discussion right now i don't know that i do but I wonder if NIL packages is going to rise up that list very quickly in the next few years. I would think so. And, and you know, it's interesting. If you haven't signed a deal yet, but you've been, quote unquote, promised a deal, that's, we'll, we'll see if anybody can actually prove that. But someone, quote unquote, promises you a better deal and you, you bounce. I mean, I can could, I could see that happening. I can yeah. see that happening 11th hour kind of things and, and it'll, it'll drive coaches mad but it is interesting to me because my first thought is oh they cut them loose like that is almost always what i think when and i don't think fans think that way because the coaches never say when they cut them loose like we you and i will hear that and another reporter you also can read between the lines a lot of times too of like yeah you know when i was covering ohio state a lot of times it would be like thanks so much ohio state for uh the opportunity, but I'm going to de I'm going to decommit and check out my other options. And a month later, it's right. like, I would like to announce that I'm committing to Indiana. It's like, okay, we exactly. know what happened here. We know what happened there. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, but it, that, and that's the thing. It, and, but it drives me crazy. Cause I, I have friends who've worked in this business who will say, well, I can't believe this person decommitted from this school. And I'm like, yeah, I but you don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> like it could have been the school decommitted from them. It happens. Yeah, it's true. So it's true. Yeah. And it should be on the list for sure. All right. So this is a question from Rob and, and this, this will be our last one. If you're tired of NIL questions, here's an old fashioned off season realignment. What if question? And this is a doozy. Like my mind went down this rabbit hole and it got weird. Suppose that way back when the NCAA first adopted the rule proposed by two D two conferences, that a conference could have a title game. If it had 12 or more schools playing in two divisions, the NCAA had simply adopted the new rule that conference could hold a title game without any of those restrictions. So what they basically just approved, what parts of realignment happen anyway, because of TV deals and conference networks and which parts never happen. So remember that that round of realignment, that began in the early 90s where Penn State goes to the Big Ten and, and the Big 12 forms. It was touched off by, one, the Southwest Conference was breaking up. So Arkansas leaves to join the SEC. The SEC needs a partner for Arkansas. Texas, I believe Texas and A&M said no. Florida State said no. And they wind up taking South Carolina. Florida State was an independent. It was like, oh crap, we gotta we we gotta join a conference. They joined the ACC. Penn State was an independent. They joined the Big Ten. So I, I think the Penn State to the Big Ten still happens. I think Florida State to the ACC still happens. But Roy Kramer, the commissioner of the SEC at the time, he might have just done the championship game with the ten they had, and right. South Carolina and Arkansas never come. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think about an alternate universe where Florida State was just in the SEC for the past 15 years or 25 well, years or however and they, long it's they, been. And, and they, they like to think about it, too, because they, they feel bad, I, I think, now that they said no. But at the time, the SEC was not what it was. Florida State yeah. dominated the ACC for the first you know 10 years it was in there, more maybe more than that. 
And so, like, at the time, it did not seem like a bad decision. Now, the ACC rating the Big East is an interesting one here because they had to raid the Big East to get up to 12. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't raid the Big East. Maybe they stick with the, with the I guess, the nine they have. And then what would the conferences look like today? I don't know. And I still think there would be consolidation because of television. But I do wonder, would more would, would there have been more options on the board? Like, because Larry Scott, he had the 16 idea. And they were going from 10 to 16. They were going to get to 12 no matter what. But if they didn't have to get to 12, would they have taken Colorado and Utah if the other one fell apart? I don't know that they would have. I don't think they would have. That's so... It, it, that is a great question, Rob. <laughs> because I I am trying to think how, how things would have coalesced and consolidated. Like, what would they have coalesced around instead? I still think it would have... Like, the territory acquisition thing still would have mattered a lot with the conference cable networks. So I still think like the Big Ten may still try to get Maryland and Rutgers because of, of the territory acquisition. The SEC still would have tried to get none. Remember, the SEC tried to get Oklahoma and Texas A&M. The, the invitation was always there to Texas, but Texas never wanted to be in the SEC. Now, the question is, does the SEC ever become the SEC as we know it if they never took South Carolina and Arkansas and just went, you know, conference championship game with the with the 10 they had, would it have still ballooned into what it became? Why would it would have? I think it would have because like Nick Saban getting hired at LSU was a major factor there. He basically, you know, brought the blueprint. Um Tommy Tuberville going to Auburn and kind of showing people how to defend Steve Spurrier was another big piece of it. Like Saban getting to LSU and Tuberville showing people how to defend Spurrier at the same time where it really pushed the league toward dominant defense for a long time. And it didn't shift into dominant offense for 10 years after that. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Cause you know, like one alignment domino with that, like, you know, the butterfly effect of that, is that what the right term? The butterfly yeah, effect of what absolutely. that is. Imagine taking like 17 different changes that happened during that period of time and saying they wouldn't have happened. Like maybe there'd be an entire conference full of a lot of those independent teams that joined. Well, that's the thing. Would, would there be a conference or would they still be independents? Yeah. I don't know that they would still be independents because the amount of money through television deals yeah. um, has been very attractive because it's just it's money that you know you're getting through through those Ooh, contracts. Here's a thought. But, would Notre Dame, Notre Dame be in a conference with would Penn have, State? Would, they, and, would Notre Dame have created its own conference? Of independent, like imagine, Florida imagine State Notre, would be in it, right? Notre Dame creates a conference with Florida State, Penn State, South Carolina, Louisville, Arkansas, uh, Miami. Oof. that would have been something, and that yeah. would have been a hell of a conference. Think about, think about, and, and think about those programs at that time. Would it be called the Irish Conference? I don't know what they would have called it, but it would have been. It would have been more geographically diverse than any of the existing. It would have been the first the conference, the first conference to ever be diverse in their geography, wouldn't it? And it would have had it would have had an like a national geography one. Yeah, and it would have had an exclusive like the 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 three thirty Saturday game in that conference, which would have been on NBC, I'm sure. Like that would have predated. Let's say that all coalesced in the mid nineties. That would have predated the SEC on CBS nationwide game by and maybe, maybe five that or new six conference years. would have been the SEC now. Maybe, maybe that because because Miami was awesome at the time. Notre Dame was still really really good. Uh, Penn State was great. Man, that would have been that would have been fascinating. And then because Arkansas didn't really have a place to go after the Southwest Conference broke up. They, they were not going to be invited to the Big 12, according to, to Frank Broyles, who was the AD at the time. So would they, yeah, they would probably have joined that. Because remember, most of those schools did, now, Notre Dame played basketball in the Big East, but all those other schools played their other sports in what was called the Metro Conference. It basically created that conference, the Metro, to have a place for the independent football schools to park their basketball teams. I've got I've got like galaxy brain right now. 
Okay. I, don't even, I don't even know how to like. I can't even keep all this. It's crazy. There's a lot happening right now. Yeah. Because think about, you know, early 90s. Now, Miami hit a dip after the, the NCAA investigation in the late in the late 90s, but then came back quickly. I mean, I mean, think about if they, if they had titles. a Notre if they had a Notre Dame conference and Florida State, Florida and State Florida was State amazing was at it, the time. And yeah. they put together the TV deals that would have had it. And would have been a collective bargaining agreement for the entire conference that would have propped it up. Maybe you'd have another superpower in college football that doesn't exist right now. You're exactly right. What if Arkansas was Alabama right now? That's so great. But listen, that coincided with with, with a couple of years where Arkansas was really good. Arkansas won the SEC West twice in the early going. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. What what a a a deal. Like, that is a great question, Rob. I... I don't think we can top that, but I would love to know what you guys think would have happened there because I think there's there's probably some branches that we have not explored that we haven't even thought of, and I that really would have changed everything. And and it's that's the craziest thing about this. And I, I wrote that story back in 2014 about why that rule with the conference championship game was the way it was. The Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, and then there was a, a sister conference uh, in in Virginia that said, "Hey, you have fourteen teams; we have twelve. Can we just change the number fourteen to 12? Like, that's wild. Yeah, no, I, I conference realignment never ceases to amaze me in terms of just like the way that the entire sport is shaped up as a result of it. And just like, listen, in fifteen years, when we're looking back at Texas and Oklahoma going to to the SEC. Somebody's going to ask a mailback question and say, what do you think would have happened to college football if those two schools never left the Big 12? And like that's going to be some crazy yeah, crazy scenario that will blow our future selves' minds. So, you know, oh, Ari, it's, uh, listen, you and I are going to be podcasting from a private island somewhere. From we'll Lincoln Riley's backyard because we're going to acquire that property through the success yeah. of our podcast? That's exactly right. We'll be retired <laughs> at that point, though. Yes. I can't wait to listen to that other person's podcast about yeah. that one. <laughs> I don't know that I'll be retired in 15 years. You might be. We'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll, as we'll long as I keep hitting it. those slot machines in Vegas, I'm still going to have to work. So There you go. Ari Wasserman, if you want to find him, just look for the Degenerate Gamblers. You'll find him. We'll talk to you later.